Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune in to any and all of my podcast episodes. So, first of all, just a disclaimer, I was supposed to bring a variety of guests onto the show remotely, but the connection was very, very um, poor, okay? I recorded with someone I really respect and admire recently, a fellow therapist, and the connection came out so bad that I couldn't um, make the episode public. And so with that being said, I'm still trying to work out the kinks as it relates to having these um, remote remote interview sessions um because typically when i interview someone for the podcast i do it in person i like to get a feel for them i like to see the person see their facial expressions their mannerisms and all that i like for it to be a bonding moment um but obviously that can't happen right now with everything going on in the world everyone should be staying home staying put and staying safe and so Figuring it out, uh, the remote aspect of it has been a little bit of a journey, but I'm working on it. So I will uh, keep you updated on that. So let's dive right into the topic. And this is a topic that, believe it or not, I've been trying to avoid because it personally affects me. Although you guys know I'm very open um, about my difficulties and my hardships, um, I also... um, struggle with being open as well. So even though I I do it, it isn't necessarily easy for me to do. Um, and this is a topic that is very personal for me for two reasons. A, because I've lived it. And B, because I see it constantly in my profession. And I take it very personally for my clients when they go through it. And so co-parenting is what we're going to be talking about. And you're going to hear me talk about co-parenting and y'all are going to think to yourselves, hello, isn't a lot of this common sense, Olivia? Like, shouldn't people already know not to do certain things? Not to say certain things to their kids? Shouldn't these parents already know? They should. But sometimes the resentment, the hurt, the pain, the anger that they feel toward their partner, unfortunately becomes greater than the best interest of the child involved. And that's when it becomes a problem, okay? A lot of people have to separate, whether it's get a divorce because they're married or just separate um, because they were a couple, they were in a relationship and they have a, a child, they have to separate. And they have to make a sort of 50-50 arrangement work, whether it's, you know, the child is with the mom Monday through Thursday, and then on weekends, dad, you know, gets the child or every other weekend, whatever that arrangement looks like, a lot of people have to resort to that. And it can be a very traumatic experience for your child to go through these changes, but it can be less traumatic and less difficult 
if the adults involved in the situation handle things appropriately. As it is, a separation between parents is always difficult for the child. They're always questioning themselves, wondering if it was something they did or if they could have done something to stop it. You know, they're always going back and forth with a variety of feelings. Um, And they feel very much out of control of their feelings because something's happening that they have no say over. And it's a big change. It's a big life transition. And so, for the purposes of simplicity, let's just refer to it as divorce. Um, Even if we are referring to an unmarried couple that's separated, just for the purposes of simplicity here. Um, That already is so difficult for the child. Having to accustom, you know, having to become accustomed to being with mom some of the time, dad some of the time, or mom some of the time, mom some of the time, or dad some of the time, and dad some of the time. Just depends on the the arrangement, you know, um, just depends on um, whether that relationship is a heterosexual one um, or otherwise, you know, either way, okay? I'm referring to any and all romantic relationships, um involving or including any and all sexual orientations here. Um, What you should do as a parent is absolutely consistently reassure your child that A, their parent loves them, the other parent, B, that you love them, and C, that it's not their fault, that nothing they did or could have done would have changed the outcome. Explain the concept of two people growing apart. One example that I love to set for my younger clients going through divorce, I'm talking like six, seven, or eight. I love to set examples like, you know, sometimes we have a mommy um, that likes chocolate ice cream and then the daddy likes vanilla ice cream. And they don't like the same ice cream and they don't really know how to make that work. They they don't want to mix the ice cream flavors together. Um, And so they have to go their separate ways and find someone who's either willing to mix the ice cream flavor with theirs or likes the same flavor. And I think when you put it into perspective like that, it becomes a little bit easier to grasp for the younger population. But... Those are the things that as a parent, you can control. Always reminding them that they're loved by both parents and that it's not their fault in any way. And explaining that they're just no longer compatible, but that they're still rooting for each other and that they're still going to be great friends. Now, I'm referring to situations where people split up and do that 50-50 arrangement, okay? I'm not referring to situations where, God forbid, there's restraining orders involved or injunctions or, uh, you know, anything like that where one parent can't access the child or the other parent for whatever reason. That is an extreme situation and I'm not speaking to that right now at this moment. I'm speaking to a divorce between two people where the child has to go 
sometimes with mom, sometimes with dad, or whatever that arrangement is or looks like. So you got to let your child know, hey, me and mom or me and dad, whatever the case might be, we still root for each other. We still respect each other and we still, most importantly, love you and we're both going to be there for you. We just can't be a couple anymore because one of them wants one thing and the other one wants something else. We want different things and it has nothing to do with you. That dialogue should be happening on a regular basis. There should be check-ins. There should be sitting down with your child and saying, how are you feeling? How are you adjusting to this? Do you have any questions? And being open to answering the questions that come up in an age-appropriate manner. What you don't want to do, and again, a lot of people are going to be like, hello, Olivia, common sense, and I really wish that were the case, but we all know that common sense is not common. And so do not trash talk, bad mouth, or vent to your child about the other parent. That is a big no-no. Your child should not know what is going on between you and the other parent. Period. Period. Oh, because your dad said this. Oh, because your mom did that. Oh, your dad is trying to keep you from me. Oh, your mom doesn't want me to see you. Those conversations should never be happening with your child. The level of resentment that you have for your partner is causing you to put your child's mental health at risk. Can you look in the mirror after that? Do not use your children as buffers. Um, my mom never really was one growing up to badmouth my father to me, but she made it very clear that he was mentally ill and that we needed to placate to him and we needed to be responsible for diffusing the situation that he was in. Um, my dad has a delusional disorder, um, in conjunction with the bipolar disorder. And I more recently have been able to recognize it as a delusional disorder because He has these paranoid ideations that people are out to get him, that people are out to hurt him. He has felt that me or my mom want to poison him. Um, Back in the day when my mom wasn't handicapped and she was able to walk, whenever she made him coffee, she had to drink it before giving it to him just to prove that it wasn't poisoned. Yep, that was my childhood, folks. It was some crazy stuff and... Granted, when you're a child, you don't really get it. You don't really understand what's happening around you. Um, You don't have a name for it. Now that I'm a therapist, I obviously see it for what it is, but it doesn't make it any less painful for me. The trauma is still the trauma. I'm still human. Um, So going back to the buffer um, role, my mom would always be like, 
go in there and talk to him so that he can stop yelling at me. Or she'd be like, don't leave the house. You can't go anywhere. Um, you can't go out. You, you, you can't go in your room right now. You need to be out here right now because if not, it's going to get worse for me. It's going to get worse for me. So I was being emotionally manipulated, which again, I don't think she did maliciously. And I want to point that out, but she was doing it and she still does it to this day. Don't leave me. He'll neglect me. He'll hurt me or he will be cruel to me if you leave. And that notion, that perceived notion is probably one of the reasons why I feel like I'm so responsible for everything and everyone around me when I'm not. And so with that being said, having to, you know, share some personal examples with all of you there, don't put your child in a position where it's like, go tell your mom this, go tell your dad that. Or you need to be here right now because he or she will fight less with me if you're present. Don't do that. Don't do that. You guys don't realize what kind of long-term problems these issues cause and how the first 10 years of a person's life are crucial. And it is very hard. I've been in treatment for years. It is very hard to undo that damage. I literally had a conversation today with my family members, my my cousins and my aunt, mostly just one of my cousins. And um, I was explaining to them how I feel about my family dynamic. And I forwarded the voice note to my best friend and I was like, oh my God, I sounded so mean, right? And she was like, no, you were being direct, honest, and you validated their feelings a few times and you even showed them appreciation a couple of times. What part of that was mean? I have psychologically just always felt like there's no room for my feelings and I'm always afraid of how people are going to react to my feelings. And the fact that people in my life, like my parents, have typically had so many extreme reactions to my feelings has always made me feel like there's something wrong with my feelings. And... I have to remember what my best friend says. She says, just because someone has an extreme reaction to something you're expressing doesn't mean there's something wrong with what you're expressing. And I guess that was a little sidebar, but it just made me realize, you know, how how many fears I have and how much guilt I carry because of my upbringing. And I'm still working through all of that and sorting through all of those feelings. And so I implore you moms and dads out there that are in a difficult relationship or struggling with divorce, don't put your child in the middle of it. It is healthy for your child to see two parents resolve conflict in a healthy way. That's actually recommended because never seeing your parents argue isn't good either that's not a good extreme because then when conflict occurs you're not going to know how to handle it or how to respond to it it's okay for your child to see you guys work out conflict in a way that is constructive 
but unhealthy toxicity and negativity is not something your child should ever be exposed to. Any arrangements related to the child's care need to be made with the parent. Don't go through the child. If there are court proceedings related to the child, don't go through the child. Speak with the parent. If it's to the point where you and that parent truly cannot have a conversation without it being an issue, take some co-parenting classes, go to therapy and figure it out because the best chance that your child has to grow up in a healthy and positive environment depends on the two of you and your ability to still be able to show each other respect in spite of not being together. I can't tell you how many sessions I've had where I've had to redirect parents. Um, I have a case where um, one of my kids, one of my clients um, told me, oh, um, I'm worried about my mom because, you know, she's um, she's doing drugs. And I've seen her do drugs. And so the kid, um, out of pure concern, told the dad, hey, I saw mom doing these drugs and I'm concerned for her or what have you. Um, and the dad confronted uh, the mom. And then the mom confronted the child and in front of me and said, Why would you tell him that? You got me in trouble. I swear, I have never moved so fast in my life. I was like, I literally, I literally did this. I was like, what was that you said? Let's do that one again. Cause she didn't get you in trouble. You got yourself in trouble. Your own behavior got you in trouble. Don't, don't say that to your child. Yeah. Keeping secrets is another no, no. Like telling the kid like, Hey, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell your dad. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell your mom. Unless you're like planning a surprise birthday or something, or it's something cute and, and endearing. There's no reason why you should be putting that kind of pressure on a child. It's ridiculous. It's immature. It's selfish. Try to spend time as a family if you're able to, even though you're separated for a sense of normalcy. And to showcase, you know, the fact that you two can be friends. If that's not possible, at the very least, when the exchange is being done and one child is going to be with the other parent, try to seem pleasant. Hi, how are you? Um, Hope everything is good. You know, try to demonstrate what it's like to separate amicably. amicably. Because what, what you don't want is your child to learn all of these toxic behaviors from you and then to later grow up and say, hey, I learned this from somewhere because it didn't come out of thin air. So I think I made pretty clear what the do's are and the don'ts are. And I know the don'ts, like I said, sound a lot like common sense. You would think people would know better. But again, people are overpowered by their feelings for their partner. 
their negative feelings for their partner, it becomes greater than their love for their child. And that's a problem. Your love for your child has to be far greater than any negative feelings you may have for your ex. You got feelings about your ex you want to express? Call somebody. Write it in your diary. Call a therapist. Call a friend. Call a family member. Call someone you can vent to. That has nothing to do with your child. Period. I will definitely be doing more episodes about this in the future, but I definitely wanted to go ahead and put this out there. I was feeling it in my spirit today, like it was just something I had to do, and um, it's done, it's out there. And I want to give a special shout out to so many of the people in my life um, that do showcase beautiful blended family goals. Um, My cousin is actually in a relationship with a really really good man who has three children um, with a really nice lady and we all had Thanksgiving dinner together and it was glorious and everyone gets along and they're like in photographs together. And my boyfriend has um, a son with a beautiful woman, beautiful inside and out, beautiful soul, she's married, I'm with my boyfriend and the four of us hang out and eat tacos and barbecue and we hang out with the kid and that's what we're showing him and she and I are really close friends we love each other plus it works out great when I need to vent about my boyfriend I can call her and be like girl let me tell you what he did this time she'll be like "Mm mm-hmm girl I know he did it to me too I told you I'm half joking about that but you know what I mean like we get along great and I noticed that her child started to warm up to me the minute he saw that me and his mom were on the same team that's another point that I'm going to try to make right now if your partner moves on with somebody else don't make this difficult create a beautiful blended family out of it Adrienne Bailone Houghton her beautiful sister Claudette Bailone They have a beautiful blended family. And Adrienne has her own beautiful blended family with her husband, but she also has that with her parents. I'm very proud to be part of a blended family unit. And if your partner moves on, unless that person, for whatever reason, is not a good fit for your child, not because you're jealous, Not because you're petty about it, not because you're self-conscious or insecure, but because you have proof that they're not a good fit for your child to be around, then that's something you need to address constructively. But if there's no evidence other than your feelings, and feelings are not facts, you need to just grow up, have a mature conversation with this person, understand that no one's ever going to replace a mom or a dad in a child's life. It is just one extra person that is there to care for your child and support your child. And you should want that as a parent. You should want that. If God forbid, Israel and I had a kid. Israel's my boyfriend, AKA Fernando on here. But he knows y'all know his real name by now. Um, If him and I had a child and things did not work out between us and both of us moved on, I would be thrilled to have one more person caring about my child. And whatever insecurities I may feel inside, because it's human to feel that way, 
if I feel a certain type of way, like, oh my God, like, what if the kid feels, you know, more connected to her? Or what if he likes hanging out with her more? I go and I sit with a therapist and I process it. I don't put that on my kid. Or I go and I call my best friend and I'm like, girl, I have these fears and these concerns. And then she'll be like, girl, it's not even like that. Let's chill. And that's how that's going to go. But you don't put that on your child. Okay. I hope this was helpful. I hope this was informative. And again, common sense is not common people. So with that being said, I will catch you all next time. Everybody stay home, stay safe, stay quarantined. Hopefully all of this will be over soon. Sending everyone infinite amounts of love and light. Bye-bye.